Hello guys, welcome to the second episode of Two and a Half Gays. This is your boy Jamal. I'm Theo. It's Marvin. And this is your whenever we publish this podcast. <laughs> Where we talk about all things queer and pop culture. So first of all, happy Pride Month, everybody! Woo-hoo. Clang, 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 clang. Pew, 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 pew. It's a Pride Month. Um, for you, those of you who don't know, um, International slash US Pride Month is in June. We already celebrated Pride here in South Africa. We had it in late February. Feb, late yeah, Feb, the last week of Feb. We usually have a Pride week. Um, and we usually get to we, we got to enjoy it pre-corona yeah. So it was a lot of fun um, We just got to kind of We got to hang out Got to do a lot of um, Queer things And just um, celebrate with our communities That was a lot of fun Yeah and the reason um, We all kind of celebrate Pride in June Is because of America Because it's kind of the genesis for the gay rights movement started by black and brown trans women during the Stonewall riots. So even though the US is currently in a lot of different spaces, we still celebrate Pride because even though we can't physically go to a parade or anything, um, Pride did start as a riot. So even though there's no actual parade or, you know, corporate push this year, we're still celebrating Pride. <laughs> we're still happy. Um, I think it's like a weird thing of like because of American culture being so pervasive, like no matter where you go, that it's just a thing of um, because something is like happening in America, we inadvertently either pick up on it or just acknowledge it. Like it's one of those like holidays, like Thanksgiving and the. Okay, but we don't celebrate Thanksgiving, boo boo. That's what I'm saying. Like. We don't celebrate it, but we know when it is because <laughs> <laughs> because of how pervasive it is. Also, like um, Memorial Day, in America, we we don't celebrate it. We know when it is because it's just how pervasive American culture is, and also the internet has now made us really small, especially because of Twitter. So, <laughs> a drop in the ocean ripples throughout the world. Anyway, happy Pride. I don't know why it's your winner on a tangent about Memorial Day and what was the other thing? I don't know. A whole lecture. <laughs> like, well, guys, I'm sorry for being informative. Like, my God. No one cared. Anyway. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, so it's Pride Month. Everything is rainbows. Actually, the day we're filming this, Nickelodeon confirmed that SpongeBob is, in fact, LGBTQI+, even though I don't, I don't like the show, never liked the show I know, who kill me um, but, <gasps> Gosh, but I know for a lot of people it means a lot of things But I, Spongebob was always annoying to me so Why? I, I just never liked the show <laughs> Never Out of the Nickelodeon stable Spongebob I was like, me, Macy Spongebob was fun, like it was the thing The show when you get home from school And it'll be on, like you that theme song. Yeah. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. You always forget I'm 30, right? <laughs> Was that on? When, how old were you when SpongeBob started? Like 20. <laughs> Not that old. I was like high school. I was, not, <laughs> I was not the demographic at that stage. Theo was two. Because no, I wasn't that, that young. young. Please. Um. Anyway, I'm still, and they also. Um, Cora was also thrown in there and I was um, I'm still very low-key high-key slash all-keys mad 
that the showrunners for Avatar Legend of Korra had to fight to get it to be bisexual and we still didn't get a kiss but now because we've gone so far with representation now they're like yeah pride and I'm like mm, it was all nice now hey <laughs> but when we were fighting initially y'all were fighting against everything but okay we'll take it rainbows <laughs> woo progress is slow so yeah. it's not that slow mm. I was I, I mm. just I just I keep I keep grudges especially <laughs> from big corporations I'm like all this time and now because it's socially accepted now we want to be like oh we were progressive I'm like no you weren't if the showrunners didn't push for Legend of Korra they would have probably we would have never gotten that slightest bit confirmation that Korra is bi slash queer anyway happy ride (laughs) (laughs) what a delightful thought <laughs> We're not zooming this. This this can't see what. Sorry, Marvin just did something completely random. Um, and to explain, he pulled up a picture of um Ted Man from the um Wizard of Oz. And because he's got on silver... Um, yes, I'm using the glam. Oh, chat, 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 chat. They're not paying for this. <laughs> so he's using sponsors, sponsors. So he's using some silver glam. Face more situation, and he basically looks like the Tin Man. <laughs> or for the Wicked fans out there, he looks like Bach. That's a very niche audience here. Yes, yes. <laughs> Some okay, of, you have to represent the Broadway fans. <laughs> Some of us saw Wicked on Broadway, so. Half oh, Flex Go. Whoops here. Anyway, um, so what are we happy about Pride Month this month? Or this year, actually? I don't know, it's just a really. Like weird situation. Um, it's nice to see, like, obviously, again, more people come out publicly. So, um, yeah, welcome, Justice Smith. Welcome to the family. Um, happy you finally. Well, not finally. Like his tweet was funny about this. His tweet was like, "What is um, it?" Um, oh yeah, I can't. Like, like, I didn't come out. Y'all just came in. <laughs> But anyway, queer representation matters and having someone who basically was lead in a Nintendo, a huge Nintendo franchise film, um, that was actually good. Detective Pikachu was actually really good. I enjoyed it yeah. for the most part. And he was also the lead in the, the Netflix um, series The Get Down and he starred in recently All the Bright Places with um, um, Al Fanning. So he's been booked and he's been busy and we're just happy to see a young brown man come out and just claim the space so and for those and for those who don't know um queer is just we use that as a blanket term so what we're guessing in justice's case as he hasn't yet identified identifies as something within the lovely alphabet gang um so queer we just use as a general blanket term when someone either is not sure or does or ticks several boxes within the LGBTQI plus what AA plus anyway y'all know what the full acronym is um, I love that you like it's so it's a very Jamal thing to, to to call it the the alphabet gang and I've started using it too because it's just it's easier than um, we love our community but that LGBTQIA plus Acronym gets a little a bit of a mouthful to kind of like get out sometimes, and there's also different variations of that because that's not technically even the full one, which is why the plus is there. So 
yeah, sometimes we just call it the alphabet gang for short, but I think it's just a very, it's a very um, kind of like thing we established within our little friendship circle. So And it's a lot easier because guys really, I love my people too, but saying LGBTQI+, saying that all the time gets a bit, yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot. And queer would be simpler, but sometimes it, people get confused um, when you kind of, when people say they identify as queer and when we use queer as an umbrella term. So that also sometimes, to avoid confusion, we just kind of like differentiate in that way. But that's just very, um, just kind of like our thing. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I'm happy that finally we're at this point now with queer representation for the, for the most part. Let me say for the most part, we characters now are just queer and it's not the main essence of the character on a show or movie which I'm very happy about like just seeing queer representation and it's not a um, a plot point or storyline they just are um, I'm the only one that watched watched the last season of Shira, the Princess of Power great show on Netflix please watch it all five seasons out there and it's, what's wonderful about Shira is in this fantasy world queerness just is there's, there's literally, it's never discussed. There's no coming out plot device. Like, we don't follow Shira and this torturous journey she goes through, finding herself, then realizing that she's actually a lesbian woman. Um, none of that happens. It's just these characters just exist. And they are queer and everyone just, it just is without any issues and that's what I'm very happy about especially with Shira that's a kid show Marvin what are you talking about <laughs> I am so lost it's a I'm show so, I'm so lost it's a show Theo's lecturing you're talking about some random Netflix show where are we we're talking Can about we pride month someone in the middle ground we're talking about pride months um Shira has an LGBTQI plus friendly show. Oh, I didn't see it on Netflix. Where on Netflix? What is the call? So you wouldn't watch it because it's an animation show and you don't oh. like animation shows. Exactly. It's based off of Shira from Master of the Universe. And don't worry, you're not gonna watch it. I don't know why I'm it's just like this animation. I was like, oh yeah. It's, uh, it's not Marvin's it's not lane. Like, superheroes and. The t- tune, oh, the cartoons are just not for him. So even the animation is just the medium. That's all it is. But anyway, <laughs> press, 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 press. Don't be pressed, Jamal. <laughs> different strokes to different folks. I'm not pressed. I'm just saying it's just a different medium. Press, 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 press. Okay, Balkas. <laughs> um, what are you grateful for for Pride this month? That's what the question actually was. <laughs> was that the question? You, you just really? Was that the was question? That the question? <laughs> you just... Yes, that's I what I think. I think you wandered away from no, that. No, I, I didn't. I don't even think you knew what the question was there. I, 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 talk, think... I talk about, spoke about representation. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I bought in shit, right? Just in this example. That's all. Anyway. Well, what are you grateful for, Joe? That's what I said. Queer representation in media. You spoke about an animation show. Yes. With queer representation in media. Theo? Um, I think I'm just grateful for the fact that we, yes, we still have to deal with a lot of um, 
homophobia, transphobia, queerphobia. Um, so that kind of sucks. But I'm glad we're at a stage where more and more young children are coming out and getting to lead um, full queer lives. So it's just, it's really great to kind of like see that. So I'm just grateful for that we have, um, that we have the kind of like openness that we, that we, that we never had before. And like it seems things only seem to be um, progressing, which is all we can really hope for. So that's kind of what I'm grateful for, for the, the openness. Mm-hmm. And for you, Marvin? I think the acceptance uh, that people are starting to accept that, you know, you know, queers exist in societies. But I think we still have a long way to go in, in our country as well, in terms of, you know, being safe generally. Next. <laughs> Next question, please. Okay, Kenya Moore, that was... <laughs> you just pulled a perfectly good segue. Um, but like, not at that moment, I keep also been watching Real Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nini. Oh, fuck. No, Leaks. Okay, girl. Oh my gosh. That mm-hmm. horse face. Okay. I know a moose. They call a moose. They call a moose. Depends on which face you're referring to. Is it season like three Kim, or season four? And I, um, Netflix only has two seasons, so I'm just... I'm oh god, you are so behind. I know, I know, I know. This like like, even, how many seasons are they? I don't know. I think we're at... You're still... Kim's still on the show, right? Yeah. Who's on the cast? It's Kim, Lisa, Shere, um She by <laughs> Oh my god! She by Shere. Um... Yeah, it's just it's four. No, no, and um, the, the the singer, Candy. Candy, Candy still had the short hair there. Yes, the, the like the walk. Have we gotten to the tardy to the party music? Yeah, <laughs> the tardy. Don't be tardy for the party. <laughs> it's Gagwani. Oh my god. I am fully caught up, caught up on Housewives. I'm just like now. That's why I'm asking questions because I need to figure out where Marvin is in the Housewives. Miss, miss, miss. Is Lady Fade it? Hmm? Phaedra? No, she's not. She. I think she's in season three because I was watching Eyelash in season three. This is a very common thread in this house. Is that we're watching a show, but we're all at different seasons of the show, so we can't really talk about it with each other because. One's just starting the show, one's at the end of the show, another person's not even watching the show, i.e. me not watching Housewives. So, so it's, it's yeah. good television, man. It's dirty, man. You know? Oh, no, you haven't gotten to the best, but that's the early seasons. Watch until these bitches really hate each other. It is yes. so to watch. Oh, my God. I can't wait for, um, what's the other girl, uh, Kenya to come. Yes. And what's... I'm gone with the word, fabulous. Twelve! <laughs> Twelve! Twelve. Oh I love them, honestly. Yeah, Except for Kim. Kim is ugh. a racist. She's a problematic white girl. No, she's racist. a racist. Roaches. <laughs> the roaches what killed me. I watched it on YouTube. <gasps> I have a moment jumping ahead. That's peak, peak viewing. Oh my goodness. Speaking of other mess that happened this week, who? Sister Todrick. Kiki. <laughs> 
um, with me and Toddy. I don't have issues with Toddy personally. <laughs> what happened? Stop from the top. Okay, basically all the bad and black is I Todrick because Todrick has done some questionable things in the past and also he is usually Taylor Swift who weirdly now has had a weird shift where he's talking perfect sense and Miss Americana and as like more coherent than Kanye when it regards to Black Lives Matter which is weird like I actually retweeted Miss Tay Tay the other day because she was talking sense and I was like that is this only 2020 this could happen that I would agree with Taylor Swift anyway basically he would he did some questionable things his earlier videos he would reinforce stereotypes about black women and black gays but then surround himself with white gays and um, for the most part only dated white gays if I remember correctly two of which screwed him over like he exposed one was a whole problem then compounded with him being um, the token black for Taylor, just rubbed, very Kamaramo, rubbed the brown and black gaze off, not in the best way. And now for Pride Month, Billboard decided to put him on the cover of Billboard and it said black and gay. And Sister Tartik was unfortunately one of those people that would differentiate between the two even though we all know how intersectionality works. Yeah, so I personally don't have an issue with Sister Todrick. Um, I just looked from afar and I'm just like, hey, I'm still streaming and stuff, so I'm just gonna keep quiet. <laughs> Y'all can drag. <laughs> Question, um, has he paid his backup dances? So he did come out, if I remember. I think it was Jake Yonsei. Um, he did play the one backup dancer, but Tartik said <coughs> that there was an issue because he wasn't fully in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So he would assign someone to do something and then people didn't... Because Tartik essentially is a one-man show, mm-hmm. especially after he left Scooter, there was also a big mess there. Anyway, um, and it was just a miscommunication. Um, but this thing about... Tartik not paying his dances has been a, a rumor that has been going around for a while. But a lot of times, especially in like Hollywood, like a lot of things you would do for exposure if you knew and starting out and like you would crowdsource a lot of when it videos required like hella dancers. Um the queens that have worked with him have also they've been paid. Um every time they worked with him. I remember Willem and Alaska. Spoke about that on Race Chaser. Me personally, when it comes to relationship with Todrick Keiki, he's a black gay man. I give this man a lot of rope. Um, the white gays, not so much, but I, I'm not as perturbed as the other gays with Todrick. So, for, for context, the Billboard tweet was Black and gay in America. What it's like to be Todrick Orb. Read the full cover story. But some of the quote tweets, on the other hand, is um, said, Tartical is the last person who should be representing the black LGBTQ plus community. His embarrassing track record... His embarrassing track record... Ooh, English. Are you okay? Record. Record? I think you've had too much. Record. 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 Who's drinking? No. So, (laughs) his embarrassing track record blatantly shows this. It's really no shade, but does Tartic even know what it's like being black and gay in America? 
Someone goes, you gave us this cover, we're giving it right back. <laughs> and then another person goes, this is a disservice to the black queer folks who actually live in their blackness and can, tu- and can truly tell the real experience. Todrick has consistently sold black queer culture to the highest white bidder and is no voice for any of us. And then, but someone else goes, um, appreciate it if y'all would stop pulling Todrick tap shoes all out of your back pocket to, find in- <laughs> to feign inclusivity. Don't nobody like this man. So, that should give you um, just a snapshot about Twitter's really feeling about that cover. Okay, as, okay, I should chime in here because I've seen Todrick in action with his fans. Um, Todrick is actually... Yeah, you've seen him in person in the UK. Yes. Um, Todrick is actually... I was at the, a taping for The Greatest Dance in the UK before Miss Coco ended all travel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and out of the judges, so it's Todrick, um, OT, that's South African, um... Matthew Morrison and Cheryl Cole. Just Cheryl, sorry. She dropped the last name. Um, and out of everyone, he was the only one that, after the taping was done, would um, walk up to his fans, take selfies where possible. Um, like, we were in a break and Tartik was walking up and I shouted, yes! And he shouted, yes! back and I'm like, Yes, that's me. Um, so, uh, while I do understand, Todrick has made some questionable choices. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Don't get to not. I'm not. It's, I'm not tap dancing, please. Um, but are you siding with him because you were a um, devoted fan? No, I'm not siding. I'm just saying, like you're supporting him, but you can acknowledge his mess. Yes. Okay. I even I called out Todrick for his coonery. Like, when he did all that top dancing when Taylor Swift happened, and I was like, who phoned you, sis? We are busy here with Taylor. Who phoned you to come here and be her defensive Negro? Who asked you? Like, anyway, so even I dragged Todrick for that mess. But Todrick is also very talented. This boy, like, sings, dances, directs, produces, and his, like, his work ethic and the way he does stuff. (coughs) And once you see him, put down your phone. <laughs> once you see um, him do what he does, it is really, as a black gay man with no actual backing and he's not like signed to a gigantic label, um, I do admire that. Do I still rake him over the coals for some of his questionable things? Yeah, but I'm not going to write him off completely. Just yet. That's just me. <laughs> and if we have to look at local mess, then we can't not bring up the mess that happened now with Lassizwe. Okay. Just for context, um, Lassizwe is a YouTuber. You might know him, you might not. Um, I think he's sitting at like 400k subscribers now, if I remember correctly. I saw it today. Anyway, so Lassizwe has had this habit of Doing, doing and posting things to get a reaction out of his audience. Now, you have to remember, even though Lassizu is an openly gay man, um, Lassizu's audience does not consist of a largely queer audience. Um, he very much is, I think his demo is very much teen, preteen, 
uh, hit uh, people like that and then like you know the type of woman that like gay men as a handbag very that um, so it's all fun and kiki and haha um, but then he'll I remember it was like two weeks ago was Uyajala uh, sorry where he posted so it was about so what happened it's basically the show is a South African version of Cheetahs so basically what happened was this girl came to Jube Jube, then she found out he was DL and cheating on her with another man. Again, the issue here should be cheating. That should be the overarching problem, not the fact that he was cheating with another man. Asisu then subsequently goes and posts on his Twitter, um, ladies, what would you do if your man was cheating on you with another man? Low-key inciting biphobia in his mentions and that's exactly what happened people came with their homophobic and biphobic things the queer community the gay twitter queer community why am i saying both twice anyway south africa's gay twitter community constantly reminds him keiki please for the love of god sis can you not do these things you are literally breeding making a breeding ground for homophobia to just live for the sake of likes and clicks. Like, please, man. Please. Fast forward to... What was it this week? He then posts a picture where he's wearing a lace front wig. Like a light beat. And his moustache. Caption, if sis, sis booty was a person. Again, chaos ensued it. Queer people were like, why are you doing this? People were kicking Again, in his mentions laughing meanwhile gay men black gay men specifically were like this is problematic what 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 he then took it down then posted an apology video speaking where he said he wanted to reclaim the word the phrase and that he only realized after speaking to his mentors that um it wasn't the best idea what 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 but the big issue came in was a lot of cishet women jumped in as Lassizu's defense force and some accepted the apology on our behalf. And that's where a lot of the anger and frustration came in. Anything to add? It's very that. But I think, like, there's always been a bit of a... Not really a problem, but there's always been something that's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way about Lassizu's content. It's the fact that often he he plays like this character of black woman um, to the point where they're a punchline. And like more often than not, the question is always rather, why don't you make fun of your own community? There's so much to pull from. But now you want to keep using black women in the way that you do to kind of like for jokes and stuff. And um, a lot of people just like think his content's funny, but it's also just a thing of um, sometimes it does more harm. And it, and because he's young, he doesn't seem to be getting that. But the problem is also he doesn't seem to want to learn to get that because you can only knock your head so many times and 
And apparently he just likes knocking his head without learning any lessons. So Mind you, this is not the first time uh, that the Twitter gays have addressed this issue with him. And he just will ignore everybody. Um, and that for me is such a disservice to the community as a whole. Because Lassizwe is one of like two prominent gay, ma- gay men in South African media that are well-known, well-recognized. People know them. Um, and and he's very liked, but it, it's... Lassizwe plays into stereotypes in a way that isn't the best avenue always. And I get it, like, secure your bag. Sis, I'm not going to stop you from securing your bag. Get your coin. Um, but we've come to a point now where we want representation to represent queerness in its entirety not just a small linear view of gay men are all flamboyant and all um, feminine and we all say yes god and then dip and then what 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 Um, and that is and I will always say this femme femme gay men will always get their roses from me because without them we wouldn't be as far as we are but just Nasty's way it's just it's frustrating because he could do so much more. I've been such stereotypes in some way for the gay community. What do you mean? Like for his content specifically where he um, you know he is very flamboyant, we know that. Um, but like to an extent it shows oh it categorizes all gay men are like that. What do you think? And that's my biggest issue has been like, we need more, more representation, more. It can't just be, we can't all be flipping and saying, yes, God, and doing the most. And that is still a great part of the queer community. But when you're actually in the community, you will see how far we've come with people accepting who they are in all forms and all facets. Mm -hmm. Like even, um, there's another show on Mojo Love. I can't remember the name now. The Way Something Something. Um, and they have a trans woman on there and there was a reunion show because it's a reality show with one bisexual guy one gay guy then a trans woman and what frustrated me was when the trans woman she was making out with some guy uh, anyway and he was in the mix and uh, when she told him he was trans he then had this weird thing where he thought it means he's gay and I'm like no that's not you attracted to woman she's a woman <laughs> like what do you not what is what do people still not get in the year of 2020 that trans women are women and that's just it's just so much learning that still has to happen yeah it's just it feels like one step forward two steps back sometimes and like again I think part of the frustrating thing is for us is like um we know a lot of people within um, the local entertainment industry who um, are part of the community but are not openly out. And it's also this thing of because we're journalists, it becomes a thing of we have to, not simply we have to, but just we're not in the industry of outing people. So you know that people are out, but because they're not out publicly, we can just chat amongst ourselves and um, kind of talk about it, but it, but it's never really something that then 
is acknowledged publicly and then it becomes this kind of like we're having different conversations or conversations on different levels and it gets really tricky sometimes because um, you know that there are people who are out privately who could be able to do so much and who's has good representation but then like because they're not out publicly they you can't really acknowledge that or use them as examples like we do have a few um, kind of good examples who are out there but um, yeah it's also just like we're just slowly making steps like it's baby steps within our kind of like how we're going and don't even get us started on sport because there's no one in sport so yeah. there's no one out in sport to say that rather <laughs> yeah. and that, yeah that's the thing about South Africa South Africa like one of the best tweets I saw I don't know who said it I think it was I can't remember someone said South Africa is a secular state in theory and that's exactly it is very much that very that like trans women being killed is still an issue here um, people trying to correctively rape lesbian women another issue it's just like it's all just and it's it's been always the weirdest thing why is it so hard for you to just let people live what impact does it have on your life the way someone else lives theirs? why are you so pressed yeah and like it's still we're still dealing with a lot of like LGBT um, I discrimination and there's also just um, yeah rape and murders is also still kind of very much a thing um, and in kind of bringing this up we have to acknowledge that um, just very much today we lost someone in our community um, it's a dancer and choreographer um, Kevin Fortein so I just had to get the pronunciation right. You forgot um, the lookup in the middle. Okay. Well, That's the house, his house name. Anyway. Okay. Well, um, so he was stabbed to death allegedly by a um, 14-year-old girl in the early hours of Saturday morning. Um, and for the three of us, we go to um, a little hole in the wall called Zero to One. Um, that's just up the road from us and it is a wonderful safe space for brown and black um, LGBTQIA people and it's just a really lovely space and um, there are a lot of um, gay clubs within Cape Town specifically but it's always just a thing of um, zero to one for us um, obviously everyone has different experiences but for us um, zero to one is that safe queer space um, and there aren't a lot of kind of like queer spaces the the other kind of like um, spots just happen to be rather gay specific um, places and uh, it's not as welcoming as zero is and uh, Kevin was a very kind of um, big part of that recently because he started hosting um, house balls there at Zero and it was a lot of fun for us to kind of get to um, see this part of our community so we um, are sending out our love to his family and um, our, our wishes and may rest in peace because it's such a great loss not just for the queer community but also um, the arts community in South Africa as a whole because it was um, very much a big part of that also yeah, no, it's just, it's, uh, when I got the news this morning, I was, just, it, 
That broke my heart. It's just, again, like how our people are not, they're not safe, dependent on where you live in this country, unfortunately. So while Cape Town is very gay-friendly, um, it really depends on what area you're in. Um, and Kirvin was a very out flamboyant slash femme-presenting gay man, so it's like you can't even... You wouldn't miss the fact that he was gay, so that also puts a target on your head. Um, if you are in a community that simultaneously, and that's the weirdest thing with the Cape Platts, they would simultaneously would are accepting of gay and queer people, but also will still coloured people in general will still have these very homophobic tendencies. Um, so yeah, you were able to speak about that. Um. Yeah, so like when you're in the city centre and, and it was a big adjustment for me when you kind of started living in the city centre it was just a thing of um, there's a level of safety that you feel that it's almost sometimes in a way just like it's not, it's not necessarily dangerous but it's just you feel safer you can kind of breathe a bit easier and especially when you're a queer person that 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 little bit of freedom makes such a massive difference in how you live your life and how you present yourself because you just present yourself more of who you are when you kind of go outside the city center um you kind of have to be very conscious of how you present yourself because that could play an impact on where people want to um strike up conversation with you people want to get aggressive with you people want to try to attack you even so it's definitely um, this dichotomy um, and very much also speaks to just how Cape Town is as a whole is that this is really big dichotomy between the haves and the have-nots and those who have access and those who doesn't um, and more often than not um, a lot of um, black and brown queer people live in spaces where they are part of the have-nots. So, and then because you're kind of in that space, you just have to protect yourself a little more and just be conscious of how you present because if you step outside, maybe wearing the wrong thing or presenting a little bit too flamboyant, it could literally be the last day of your life which is a very scary thing to to think about and why it's always so powerful when people um, black and brown queer people own who they are in those spaces because they are trying to live their life as best as they could and they shouldn't have to deal with the dangers that that comes with but because we live in the society and city that we live in it is a negative um, kind of consequence because um, yeah, Cape Town is the murder capital of the world, I think is last recalled. Um, we have a really big femicide and murder problem within this country. Um, so it's just and it's so frustrating and you get so angry about it because there shouldn't be something that women, children and queer people have to deal with. 
they shouldn't have to fear for their lives to such a degree that they do within this country. And South Africa has a really massive problem um, and so much work needs to be done to fix it. There's just there's, there's mountains and mountains of work that has to be done to fix the culture, to make sure that we protect women and children and queer lives. So, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just really... Sometimes we don't always have the words to kind of articulate how we're feeling because it's so overwhelming sometimes. So I think that's just the best way to describe it is it's an overwhelming, constant fight to survive. And tiredness. We are so tired. We are just exhausted from this endless circle of talking and talking and even the recent cases of femicide and gender-based violence that happen again. Here we are, it's been a year later since Unene kind of struck a chord with South Africans. Um, but here we are a year later and again, black women are being killed and murdered by their partners or boyfriends. Headline after headline. And <laughs> what, what's making me so sick is the fact that we keep talking about it and nothing's been done. We become outraged but then government just always has these task teams and oh no we're having task teams meetings with uh, the uh, the um, femicide uh, uh, um, social development um, division we're having meetings with it but nothing gets done um, yesterday social development um, from national government had a femicide um, meeting um, so far they just said you know they're outraged of all these um, the increase of all these murders happening against women and children. But I mean, you can be outraged, and you can say that you're outraged as government, but your duty, you are duty-bound to protect the citizens, which you're not doing, especially because, women and children. That's because there are abusers in government. That's the problem. That is the whole issue, is the fact that, unfortunately, the people deciding about what happens with femicide, those are the same people that are abusers and rapists. That is one of the biggest issues. It's because cis-hit men and their weird obsession with controlling women's bodies and feeling like women are just objects they can use and abuse whenever. And it's just, it is so tiresome fighting this fight over and over and over again and again having cis-hit men going but not all men and this would be the same people that would be like why are you saying all lives matter like that's not what we're talking about now and I think it's the same thing literally you are all lives mattering femicide by saying not all men again no one is when we say men are trash if you don't fill the bill then you don't need to feel a stray bullet hitting you I remember when um, Lindiwe Mazumbuko was in Parliament and um, they made fun of her weight back then, um, one of the ANC MPs. And um, Pumzile van Dam was also one of those women that were, was verbally abused by a senior MP from the ANC. Now, if you have people in government that can't respect women, I mean, what sort of message does it send out? You know, also we have to acknowledge that moment within Parliament where it was EFF leader Julius Malema who accused President Ramaphosa of gender-based violence mm. and um, Julius Malema himself was also accused of abusing his wife by 
ANC MP um, Jakob Mamabola at the time, or Jacob Mamabola. And, and that was a thing of like, you use gender-based violence as... A cheap political tactic, basically. Yeah, and it became like this thing of like, oh, it was a tactic to use and... This that, is not something you make fun of. It's not something you'd say, oh, Jamal hit his wife. I mean, you don't use that just... Blatantly, because it, it's not something funny or it's not something light to say, but yet you want to cheat it as such. And that, that moment, while they did apologize for it afterwards and everyone retracted their comments and apologized and they apologized to the country, it's a thing of, this is what other men in the country are seeing. If you, as our leaders and those in authority, are not taking gender-based violence seriously, how do you expect the men who watch you and who look up to you to take it seriously. If you treat it as a joke, how are we as society, as South African men, um, kind of like, supposed to take the matter seriously? And yes, um, it's a thing of like, men should know better and do better. But again, it's the thing of there's still this strong um, cultural and Publical um, kind of teaching of like men lead the household and women's role is to be there to support him and be um, subservient and that's not what women's function um, is in our society but it's just a thing of it's still this way and this culture of thinking within the country that makes that makes some men think it's okay to to treat their wives and their partners however they see fit because they're the man and it goes into that toxic masculinity um, that kind of is so pervasive within the culture that all of us who then try to kind of um, stand up up against end up also like really kind of um, paying the price for in some ways or another because like but even if you're paying the price, it's just a thing of we have to keep fighting this fight. And it's important to fight the fight and to change the culture because people's lives are on the line. So it's, yeah. And it's like what Jamal said, says, you know, we have people, unfortunately, in government who are the abusers. For example, like Marius Fransman from the ANC, who... Um, in 2016, you know, he was accused of sexually assaulting, you know, a woman who was his PA. And her life was under scrutiny, basically, her personal life, her claim that he sexually abused her. To such an extent where she actually said, well, he did. And they questioned her and basically, um, you know, put her in the public eye in such a way that to make us seem like a compulsive liar and you just think to yourself why these are leaders and it all boils down to patriarchy and misogyny and how it influences all similar to which are also similar to white supremacy how it's pervasive in everything in our lives um it's that's i'm just first i'm t- Tired is like the only way I can explain it. I'm tired. I need another drink. <laughs> I'm just. Conversation is a I'm, I'm, I'm tired of having this fight because the thing is, as queer people, we simultaneously have to fight 
discrimination on a macro level and a micro level. So we'll have a fight about gender-based violence and racism on a very macro level. Then simultaneously, we still have to have that same fight within the LGBTQI community, which does have a racism problem, also has a misogyny problem. Then within that whole thing, then we have to fight within our own black and brown communities to fight. Now we have to fight homophobia on top of that. And now I can just imagine if you're a black queer woman having to fight all these fights all the time because your life is in danger, not only within the larger community, but on a, on a, both on a macro and a micro level. Can you imagine how tired people are? Like, uh, like whew, fam. You know what? My mission tomorrow is, is actually to phone Jackson Timbo and ask him what the F happened in that meeting yesterday. Because I'm so sick and tired of the government saying that they're outraged, but what the F are they doing? What is the actual point of all these task teams when there is no results, when people are still being killed, people are still being murdered? Children, innocent children. It's also like the thing that we have to, um, like the fact that everyone was rightfully outraged when we got to see um, Cheryl Zondi, the 22-year-old student, being questioned um, oh, on the stand. And um, so it was a televised rape trial in the country and um, so many people took offense to how the um, how she was being questioned mm -hmm. and she was being questioned in such invasive and um, kind of demeaning ways that it, that it prompted kind of like a really strong reaction from the country because it really typically um, rape witnesses have the option to testify um, in camera which means that they do it privately or but she chose to kind of do it publicly um, she was going to write her finals if I'm not mistaken at that time she yeah, was going to write her exams it's actually a retrial that has to happen because the judge recused himself and so she has to go through all of that again what kind of sick justice system do we have but it's a thing of like there was power in her saying that she was going to let this happen because it was televised on TV and people got to see it. And it's the first time people really got to see how rape victims are questioned and interrogated, understand. And for her, you could see she was breaking down. It was, And for many people, many people said it was a very traumatic thing to witness, which you could understand because um, it was a thing of this victim who was traumatized is now being re-traumatized by the questions that are being answered and almost in a way having to prove that this happened to her and it's a it's just a really big problem within this country and how rape culture is even affecting our justice system yeah no it's a lot guys on top of Miss Rona still running, yo, I love it that Miss Coco has taken a back seat <laughs> these last couple of days. I've forgotten about Miss Rona, even though I'm reminded every time I have to buy cigarettes. <laughs> um, and Z said, "No cigarettes for you." Um, when people zoll, they put saliva on the paper. 
we can't even zoom. What was I going to say? Yeah, that like Muskoka took a back seat because now racism and discrimination came to the forefront and said and all these brands, we that girl, all these brands <laughs> twirling around. Say, I'll let you deal with yourself. <laughs> And my work here is done. Let me show you the cracks in your uh, country. Yeah, no, it's just for me the funniest thing is seeing these brands twirl in a circle. It has been the most entertaining thing for me. This performative cut these all these people are doing, like the Grammys that decided they're changing. What was it? Uh, the, uh, they're taking out the urban category and making it the progressive R and B album. I like. <laughs> I just cackled. I'm like. No, why that wasn't the issue yeah. like for me the best thing was um Adrian expression said we don't care that you change the nigger category to the progressive nigger category <laughs> <laughs> and i just cackled because it was so funny and so accurate because that's not the issue that's not the issue the issue is the way the voting committee works like we want when we want talk about change we talk about actual structural change like Changing a name does nothing. Like, you need to change the voting committee and like get more representation and not shoehorn black artists into a category just because you feel like, ooh, Lizzo, we can't put her in pop because <sighs> she doesn't fit the mold. Um, what was the other one? Oh yeah, Band-Aid deciding all of a sudden now, ah, oh, Black Lives Matter, we see you. Um, here are brown different shades of brown band-aids and what was the other one? Oh yeah the bachelor after what four, what 40 seasons and how many years how many years was it i think 11 12 years no it's a lot more it's 40 seasons it can't be 11 or 12 years anyway i after... remember they've got like multiple cycles in a year anyway after eons they were like ah oh, okay abc was like cakey the people are shouting, maybe now's the time we're going to give a, a, a black man a chance. And it's just, wow. And that's what irks me about this whole thing is the fact that it was so easy and it shows y'all just didn't want to do it. Y'all, it was literally right there, but everyone just refused because racism, because white supremacy. Ah, but it's just, oh, that's funny though. Also the white people in America... Uh, cracking me up the democrats with their kente cloth and the kneeling um what was going on the best tweet i saw someone took a screenshot of nancy pelosi um wearing a kente cloth um with their hands up and said i too took the shackles off my feet so i can dance um It's just a segment, so sorry, we're getting a warning. Um, what warning? No, it's going to only be like an hour segment at a time. Okay, so I think we should move into music. Now, before we move into that, I just okay. wanted to bring up the Black Lives Matter situation. We can okay. stop it and then just, you can just pass it together. Oh, okay, we'll be right back. And we're back, so... Um, yeah, now we're going to speak about, about the music industry and what's been going on. Such a cute segue from <laughs> heavy to <laughs> light. Uh, big congratulations to my girl Lady Gaga, who yet again got her sixth 
number one album with Chromatica that was number one outright, didn't even have the slightest bit, slightest bit of competition, so happy for my girl. Chromatica is amazing, love everything about it. Uh, just I just want to say congratulations to Lady Gaga and the number one, and I know she's busy saving the world and doing a thing, but... I'm just happy that Chromatica arrived. It went number one. Very happy. Uh, so this week also that was launched was Miss Onika Tanya Mirage Petty decided to come back. Hiya, Regent Um That's Nikki's real name, Nikki Minaj. Um, and she decided to come back after Doja. Um, after her number one hit with Doja Cat. And she came back with a Problematic Takashi Six Nine. Yeah, he's a pedophile, by the way. Um, yeah. He was released um, from federal prison in April after serving the final months of his um, kind of sentence in home confinement over fears that the rapper's house would be severely affected if he were to contract the coronavirus. So he was sentenced to a two-year um, to two years related to his entanglement with. Violent Street Gang, um, and so he was initially said to be released from a prison in August, but because apparently the the, the judge said that twenty three old was a quote model model prisoner in quote, the decision was to release him um, earlier. But it also was a thing of with Takashi. There's also been um, the child molestation which he pled guilty for anyway um look my thing with nikki is okay let me just talk about the song first i listened to trolls i watched the video it's fine the song is fine i still can't stand takashi but like the song is fine nikki's verse is fine it's more of the same when it comes to onika's her vagina being amazing and then she threw jabs at usher and some other chick, I don't know. Um, song isn't great. I don't know. I don't know why people are. Well, let me rephrase that. The Bobs are going crazy because while I do not, while I'm not a Bob in any way, shape, or form, I do like Nikki's music. I can recite recite several verses. Um, there are certain songs I love from Miss Minaj, but it's just the choices Nikki has made in these last like three years. Every time she releases music, there's always some issue surrounding it. It's never just Nikki drops a song and we all go, yes. It's always she drops a song, but she's sex-shaming. As always, she drops a song and she's throwing jabs unnecessarily at someone. It's always she drops a song and she yet again, after we all told her, please go, leave that sex offender alone. Here we are again. Her. Because even Fifi... Like back with Fifi. When did Fifi come out? 2018, I think. Somewhere there. Well back. Yeah. Back then already, people were like, this is not a good look, girl. She's back here with the titties out, and which is fine. I have no problem with Nikki. Nikki looked great in the video. Nikki always looks great. So happy her ass can finally move again. Praise God. Um, it's just like Nikki and Bad Decisions seem to be in the same WhatsApp group all the time. Because... My biggest argument with Onika has always been like the caliber she's at 
she should be able to have better judgment of who she works with. Like if you look at like how B moves or Lady Gaga moves, they work with people either new in the industry or the youngest in the industri- industry that are on the same level. Like Ariana and Lady Gaga make perfect sense. Ariana's the new pop girl um, that her last two albums went uh, like multiple platinum. They were phenomenal both. Well, I didn't like Sweetener that much. Like I only liked a few tracks. Thank You Nix was amazing. But it makes sense. Like Ari is the the out of her I would say out of her generation of pop girls she is the gal, she is the one and she is it makes sense that Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande work together also their fan bases overlap so it makes perfect sense Nikki and Takashi I'm just always confused as to why Takashi's music is not that fantastic Nikki has this large queer fan base, but then we'll ignore them. I'm still like, what are we now? What's today the 17th? 18th? Today is... Come on, give me a date, give me a date. The 13th of June. Sorry, 13th. Nikki still has not made a Pride Month post. Uh, We haven't gotten a... Hey fags, I love you. Um, Love you back, happy Pride. But she decides she's going to tweet and talk about this weirdo Takashi with his weird lace fronts. Although Takashi's lace fronts are laid, I would say. <laughs> like, whoever's doing Takashi's wigs, y'all get that person's number. <laughs> because Takashi's wigs are laid. <laughs> um, but it's just... I was like, Nikki, we want to support you so badly. But then you do these things where we go, sis, why? Like... If there was ever an artist to self-sabotage, it would be Nicki Minaj. And, like, it might sound, like, harsh to say, but I think it's because the reason why so many of us who like her music are so critical of her is because we see her greatness and we see the potential that she has that she's not using. And very much becomes a thing of, yes, we don't have any ownership to who she is as an artist and the decisions that she makes, but it's a thing of we've seen what you've given us and we've seen the things that you've delivered. So when all of a sudden you're not living up to what you previously what you what you previously have given us, which has been great and there's been some really iconic verses and some songs, and you've actually also you like Nikki in many ways has set the modern template for what it is to be. Uh, a female rapper within the within the hip hop industry is the fact that you definitely have to balance the your lyrics your lyrics you have to um, back you have to kind of balance the doing the 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 hip hop traps trap songs but you also have to put your pen down when it comes to pop songs because. There's a lot where, where the money is and it's also a thing of that's oftentimes how people get to know you and you get to grow your audience also. It's because of like that crossover and she's managed to make it work so well without losing who she is as a rapper. And because you don't want to have a situation where an artist, um, where a rapper comes in and then they're only just featuring on... Um, pop songs because it becomes a thing of okay well then 
what base are you catering to? So Nikki has managed to kind of set the template and managed to kind of like keep it. But the problem is you, the lyrical content from her over the recent years, it's like this woman has gone through so much and we know sometimes like a little bit about her life and where she comes from. Um, but we don't get that within the lyrics. We don't get that within her bars and it's just frustrating and we also like it it becomes a thing of why aren't you talking about the stuff that's happened in your life that you've spoken about in interviews but you're not rapping about you just want to rap about my pussy's bomb all the other bitches um bitches on my sons bitches on my sons and um hating on like other people and those are the three things where if you look up the last few years you can slot any of the songs that she's been featured on into those categories, her rap verses, into those three categories. And the person's like, there's so much more to you than these three things. And we know this, you know this, but why aren't you speaking about it? Why aren't you talking more about the sexism you face? Why aren't you talking about um, the personal challenges um, within your family, which we know there is, but... You're not acknowledging this. Like, yes, I get the bitches are your sons. Maybe it could be a way of her acknowledging sexism, but like the, the sexist stuff that she's faced, but that's Cole, not, in no meaningful way. Call you birth a nation. Like, we get it. Like, sis, mm-hmm. like, ooh. And what annoys me about Nikki is, like, the pink print is hands down Nikki's best body of work. Like, I will. That was a great album that featured both. We had bops, we had twerk songs, Nikki's talking about her struggles as a woman, um, her having an abortion. Like, there was all these nice things that wove into this nice, uh, this phenomenal body of work. And then the Cardi thing happened, and that totally shook the Cardi and the Remy thing specifically. Those two events kind of shook Nikki to the core, and she doesn't know how to act. And don't get me wrong, Nicki Minaj is the queen of rap. She will forever, for the time being, Nicki is... There is no other that comes even close. And don't even... Megan stands, shut the fuck up. Like, please. Hi, uh, uh-uh. Tell us no. how you really feel. Like Meg. The only reason I like Savage now is because of the queen. Um, because, let's all face it, if it wasn't for TikTok, that song would be going... Would also would have went nowhere. So let's not... You Megan stands can also choke. Um, Jamal! Don't care. Um... <laughs> Uh, because Beyonce turned Savage into an actual song with like turned that hook into something gave it great verses if you didn't know Jamal's biggest gripe with Megan is that she doesn't know how to write a song she just knows how to rap no it's it's, it's not right okay (laughs) let me just clarify this before the stands attack me Megan writes great verses Megan doesn't write great songs like I've I've yet to except for like the Savage remix Megan's songs don't like pull me in a way where I'm like yes I'm here and it's also because Megan's style of rap sometimes is like I remember T.S. Madison said like or the way um, Alexandra Rogers says the horse girl <laughs> this is funny um, but she raps Megan's raps in general are very like who did Kata be what did Kata be at the Tata be what did Tata be yeah 
Um, that's very Megan. Uh, and I'm this is very generalizing now. I'm, obviously, the girl can like I I still said when that cipher happened and it was all the women and like Blueface was there. Why Blueface was at a cipher? I have no idea. Um, all the women brought it. Megan included the game with bars, and I think Megan just needs a team that can write better music for her. Not necessarily write her verses, but write better songs. Um, yeah, but, like it's a different thing, which I think like. Which was the great thing about um, Rhythm and Flow, the show kind of like the the show on Netflix about them kind of finding MCs and rappers was the thing of there's a difference between just being a good rapper and a good MC versus being someone who can make good rap music and just make good music in general. Um, who happens to be like a rap artist, and it's this thing of this. There's a format in how songs are written and the format sometimes changes but there's a there's a format, a verse, there's a chorus, sometimes there's a pre-chorus, sometimes there's a post-chorus, sometimes there's a bridge, but there's pretty much the structure of a song. Mm-hmm. As a rapper, you have and to... And punchlines, don't forget, if you're a rapper, you need punchlines yeah. and metaphors. Like, Nicki Minaj is a great example of... I would like still for me one of my favorite lines Nikki ever said was um, on Check It Out with Well I Am. That's a year youngs ago, by the way, for the kids out there. Um, when she said exclamation, exclamation just for emphasis. Do you know how smart that how that one line is? Saying exclamation just for emphasis. The double entendre going on there, like as just. I just miss that with Nikki, where I'm like, I'm listening to a line and I'm like, damn. Like, where you go, ooh, wow. Um, and like, Megan at, the, Megan at this stage, like, the only line is, I'm a savage. Sassy, bougie. What's it, sassy, bougie, ratchet? I'm classy, a savage, classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. It's fine. But like, Nikki has bars, man. Yeah, like it the one, was. the one that was also kind of Ugh. really we got cute. Fucking you in a colorful wig again. Hi. <laughs> <sighs> was so uh, yo when she said, um, "My man fool just ate. I don't duck. Nobody but tape. Yeah, there was a setup for a punchline punch on duct tape. tape. Oh, who as." Like a punch up with duct tape, and that was a really smart kind of thing. And also, again, one of Nikki's best verses in recent years was the motorsport verse. Because every time we're in the club, no matter where what Cardi's verse comes, we wrap it, it's fire. Then Nikki comes in, and the whole club turns up because Nikki's verse. Nikki said, Watch your man, you should watch your mouth. This bitch is pressed. Administer mouth to mouth. You see the sex. You, you know, know what, what I am about. about? I am the, the champ. champ. I'm I'm making a butt. And it's just like oh, we can re- attention. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to face front. Ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's oh. like and this is also the thing with that like we also relate to sell. Why is it that she puts she writes better verses on other people's music than when it comes to her own? Like that's also the thing with like with Nikki is the fact that girl will put down a pen, she will be there, she'll be delivering bars, but it's always on other people's songs. It's like, but now where's this in your own music? So 
it's just ugh. It's, it's a frustration those of us that are not necessarily bobs because I will not let myself be clowned on the internet for standing that woman no thank you ma'am I'm not I'm gonna not, I do not I'm not buying a house in Boo Boo the Fullville um, <laughs> the bobs have a permanent residency there <laughs> Um, I will not I, I'm not getting clowned like that No ma'am uh-uh. It's just But as a Just a casual fan Who likes Nikki's music Not necessarily Nikki But not as a person Because Nikki's also a bully um, It's just annoying When she drops this music And like You listen And I'm like Okay 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 Cool Move on And it's just it's just one more. I want better. Like, I don't know. Nikki can do better. Like, that's so annoying. Speaking of who's doing better, let us pivot and acknowledge that the good sis Chloe and Halle <laughs> delivered their, their album, Ungodly Hour. And it's a bop from us. Great album from beginning to end. I'm not a Chloe or Halle stan. Um, I didn't listen to the original EP because I listened to like one song and I'm like, Okay, this is nice, but this is too experimental for me. This is very in the <laughs> FKA Twigs line where I'm like, I can acknowledge the greatness, but it's just not for me. This album, though, loved it. I listened to it, like, I think I listened to it twice initially, from top to bottom, and you have to actually listen to it because it's an album. You can't just yeah. listen it's to random songs. Body and, work and, um, and it does them really well, and it's really good. Like, I... They dropped also like the new video for Forgive Me, Do It Is A Bop, Forgive Me is also really great and the title track Ungodly Hour which they actually just found because by Twitter they did it with Disclosure in studio and I was listening, listening to it again and I was like this, you can hear the Disclosure production on it and it's just fire and it's like this is kind of, you're just so happy for them because They've always gone viral on Twitter, on social media for their amazing harmonies, which, let's be honest, no one else is really giving us harmonies in music which we need. And that's always my biggest criticism is like, if you want to be great, give us harmonies because that shows that you're taking the time to think about it, you are um, harmonizing, you are just doing something that is really lacking for music. Again, it's also why Beyonce and Ariana are kind of like when you listen to the production and stuff Ariana also says like I love doing harmonies and you can hear it because there's like so many harmonies going on and there's like there's so much stuff that's laid in the music when you sit and listen to it and actually pay attention so please people out there if you're in music just and you're in more than if you if you're doing live stuff give us harmonies if you're in a group give us harmonies just like that is your bread and butter as a group because that's what sets you apart um I mean so the funniest thing was the te- I think it was the Teen Vogue um interview they did with Chloe and Halle <laughs> and they, they asked him about what Beyonce thought about the album what tickled my fancy was the fact that they said Beyonce had notes I'm like mm, Queen B you always have notes don't you <laughs> <laughs> always with the notes 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 ah oh. Oh, Yonce, but great album. I loved it from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, definitely going to listen to it again. I hope they do well. And it'd be, I know it's not going to be number one. Because, did someone else drop this week? No. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, the monsters are still streaming, so I have no idea. Because they are also 
Look, I love my people, but like they can be a lot sometimes. <laughs> uh-uh. Stands, guys. Hi. Uh-uh. Look, I understand. I understand to a point. Like, I'm not the. Really? No, no, no. no. There's different levels. Like, I'm talking about those stan accounts that have their fave as their RV. It's in the header. Everything is just fave, 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 fave. fave you also fave. do your fave in the header, though. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> Depending on who's busy with what. If it's my fave, like now. Between Beyonce and Lady Gaga, Jamal will fight to the death. On, t- on Twitter, like that. Oh no, I don't find it anymore. No, no, no. Go, let's. No, after he was blocked twice, I. No, no, no. When it comes to Beyonce slander, I don't argue with people anymore. I'm done. I'm like, there's no need for me defending my queen's honor. You know what I do? I look at you, block. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> I look at you. Real life is a different situation. Um, I'm talking about online. I look at you. I press block button and I move on because why do you have Beyonce slander? It makes no sense. Like lit. Like there's no. There's nothing you can say about Beyonce. Like absolutely nothing. So if you have any cuck hot take, I look at it, press block, and scroll further. Lady Gaga also put on like a bit of a fight. But my fave also has like some problematic issues and I don't want to get into that. <laughs> so I'll fight for a hot second and then I'll be like, okay, I'm done now and then I'll leave it alone. There used to be a time and a place when it comes to Beyonce where I would fight everyone on the internet. I would be that stand and be like mm-hmm. in your mentions and be like, please explain yourself now in less than five tweets. Like, makes sense. Now, it's just like, Keiki, you can spew all this one, just not on my timeline. Block. <laughs> Especially people who have less followers than me. That's the that's my biggest thing I that do. That's his barometer. If you have less followers than me, I'm not gonna argue with you on the internet. Go e shout to your two hundred people. <laughs> Jamal, how many people have you blocked in a month? I don't know, I don't check. <laughs> if you had to guess how many. I don't block that many people. It's just if it's Beyonce slander, even if it's a joke, I don't care. Block either. Like block. <laughs> Gone for my time. I don't <laughs> see you. Um is there anything else that we've been listening to that's really kind of like gotten our attention? I want to talk about all these covers from like the early 2000s. I'm like, when did we get this old? That's been really kind of like prevalent a lot. And these the samples. Season. I was like, I don't know, like with music samples in general. Like, like uh, yeah, to be fair. But I was like going through the, like we all sit together and work. And um, usually a new week, one of us will use our Discovery Weekly playlist on Spotify. Not one of us, the two of you, because you don't allow me to connect to Mickey. That's a fight for a different episode. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I'd bring it up. Okay, between me and Theo, we... Seeing that we have time. (laughs) Our Discovery Weekly. Anyway, but like, then these songs will pop up and you'll be like, how? When did we get this old that people are now sampling this? I was like... <laughs> that I was like, how? How did we get here? Like... What was it the other day that I was shook at about? Uh, what song was it? Guys, but it was like... I felt like the song came out yesterday. Can't it was 10 years ago. And I was like, wow. When did I get this old? Yeah, it's just... It's really kind of... It ages you. Especially like when you listen to music, then all of a sudden you're like, wait, why does this sound so familiar? <laughs> and then it's like you stop and then, and then it's like you try to figure out, usually me and Jamal would like s- try to sing 
like something what this reminds us of and then we get it and then we google and it's like oh this is this does sample that song and then it just makes us feel really old and oh, so I feel ancient sometimes I'm like wow I knew I was I, I knew when I heard Show Me Love in its fifth iteration I was like yeah I know I'm old because I've gone to Show Me Love in every like when I tell you every version of that song from the original to every remix that subsequently which version of Show Me Love? The original one. By who? Oh, that one. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, I just felt old, like really. <laughs> but I must say, the best thing about Spotify is discovering new music. I love it too. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I've just been listening to like a lot of. Pop music and I mean, this is just Michaels these days. But Julia Michaels is a vibe. She's really oh, talented, and I'm liking is. the stuff that she's putting in. Um, her duet, um, her duet, <laughs> her collab with um, what's that guy's name? Is that the song I like? Is that song? I think so. The one that um, I think was on the it's on the UK the UK charts at the moment. Not uh, what's it? What's his name? It's like, there's no way I'm still going Okay, people don't need to be expecting. There's no way I'm still going. I'm still going. So, yeah, it's just like this. Um, who are you, you listening to moment? Really? <sighs> Every time I listen to Carly Chips and I get angry. I've just. <sighs> Speak louder, girl. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I've been listening to Carly Rae Jepsen's new album. Um, when did that drop? Sorry. It, it dropped two weeks ago, but the reviews are coming in slowly. Um, but in her definition, this uh, side B of Dedicated is for fans only, which I have a problem of because, like, it's such a good album, but. She's not getting like the exposure she needs. She deserves because. Girl, please don't moan to me. My, I had to sit through my fave, going through a jazz phase. But like, doesn't she have people that say, you know, guys, this album is not going to give me a Grammy, eh? Hey? I but, think we well, need okay, a new, no, that's a new the, plan. the point. Should not be to get a Grammy. The point shouldn't be to get a Grammy, but the point should be. To actually get enough exposure because now she's like, oh my gosh, my little hole is here with my little, <laughs> with my little um, girlfriends. Like, but maybe that's where she feels, feels comfortable. comfortable. But like, Naiman, you're so talented and you, like, you've, you've gone on a global tour and you've also released a one hit wonder and you have to tell and you, you well we can't say she's a one hit wonder to okay, actually not like say that because well, say she has yeah. a two hit wonder if you want uh, to be yeah, specific sure. it looks more than that so. really? yeah so Ghost really? got like Ghost got like a three really? at least what's the, what's the third one? one? what's the third one? I'm a Carly Egyptian stand so it's the um, I like you it's the one with um, Our yeah. City It's Always a Good Time and then it's the party for one what? These are all new to me. No. Since when are those one what? hit wonders? What? Those aren't one hit wonders, but those are just like it's the same It's always a good time to work. Yes! Is she on that song? Yes! yes. Oh, I just never know. <laughs> <laughs> now you see, 
You even you like see. me more to the song, but you don't know. Carly, it's not my place. It's not my place to, to speak. But like, look, if you have, a, maybe I'll say that. Okay, let me rephrase this. I think the reason Carly is struggling is because pop is in a new space right now, and unless you are already an established pop girl, it's very hard now to just. It's not the mid two thousands anymore. We just everyone was doing EDM pop. From rappers, R and B singers, left, right, and center. Just if you go back to the mid 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 two thousands, it's just everyone is Calvin Harrising, David Guettaing, left, right, and center. I actually forgot that Usher and like John Legend, Jennifer Hudson, and like all these people were in the mix. <laughs> all these. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all these people were in the mix. Um, when now hip hop is the domineering force, and I don't think, unless you establish pop girl in that space, um, and you've like your stand base is secure enough where they can fight, um, I, I think it's very hard to now find a space because the landscape is very different. It's like the template that used to work doesn't work anymore. Now it's also a whole thing of having a song to have to go viral, like having to cater that in. Like, oh, is your song TikTok friendly? Like it's so many other things to consider when like making. I honestly like, think Colleen used to ask for a job at McDonald's back, and then she used to just make SoundCloud songs. Are you sure you're a fan? Because you're dragging you're her. Like, you have the potential. Use that potential to actually grow. Don't now say, "Oh my gosh, these are for my fans," and this is a huge surprise because I've always wanted to release. Was this, a surpri- was this a surprise album? It was a surprise album. Hey, babe, she's not Beyonce. Please, man. <laughs> now you see! You see! Nice, nice. Even Lady Gaga promoted the fuck out of Chromatica yeah. before we got it. She did. Gave, gave, the gays, gave the gays thongs and jock straps, and it was, we got, it was billboards and ads and. And I think Lady Gaga secretly enjoys doing that whole promo cycle in general. Yeah. Um, but even Lady Gaga was like, Kiki, I need to... <laughs> you all need to know I'm coming back. Maisie, she needs to know people that she's coming back. Yeah. I didn't even know her album dropped, to be honest. An album I really liked that I listened to recent, recently was the one from um, Five Seconds of Summer. Um, Are they still around? Yeah, sure. uh, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to kind of like get to... They've been around forever. They've been around for like quite some time, but um, it was really... So they released the album, which was called Calm. So they released Calm, um, I think about a month or two back, but like it's very recently. And I really, really... I was actually surprised by how much I enjoyed the album because it was a good... Um, pop rock album it's like the boys have found their lane they know that they want to make pop rock mu- music and they don't take a fit like they, they're not trying to kind of like be something that they're not so they have this sound and it was a really good album and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it if you want to listen to some pop rock that's just that's equally pop and equally rock and it's not too kind of heavy um, then like definitely check it out it's called Calm I know some people have an issue with like things being pop um, though I don't understand why because pop music is really fucking great um, also as a as the only and sole um, 
K-pop lovers, one of the reasons why I like Korean pop oh, music K-pop is just stand. because there's like, oh, yeah. let's, let's, let's not confuse you, I'm not a stan, but let's like, move on. Oh, you're not a K-pop stan? <laughs> no, Wayne. but go. This is Wayne. Hello, just are you a Nicky stan? Can you name <laughs> all the members of K-pop bands and like name songs? But, yes, but that's, that's the same thing of a UK name, Nicky song. Aren't they the BTS people? It's not just it's BTS. It's not just BTS. So, is it a category? Yes, it's a genre of music. K-pop. Oh, fuck. Let's talk about this another time. So, yeah, but like it's just a thing of like there's <laughs> yeah. pop music that's so just really great and it just happened. Yes, like it. Korean pop. Did you think it was one song? I thought it was a group K-pop. I thought K-pop was a group. <laughs> Can't help your ignorance. <laughs> it's not ignorance. It's not knowing. Excuse me. Yara. It's like PTS, Blackpink. It's there are a whole bunch of factory groups, but that's take a, your blanket and frit it. Different discussion for a different day. Anyway, let's uh, let's go. <laughs> okay, does anyone want to get anything off their chest? Because I do. Go ahead, right Hickle. Take this. This is gonna be a while. Oh <laughs> Why are we being shady? <laughs> I just want to say, porn gays, please. You okay? This is just a message from the rest of us in the community. I'm speaking on behalf of the whole LGBTQI community. Can the porn gays, for the love of God, just shut up with Black Lives Matter? Please, just all of you. Just I don't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're Latinx. All of you have been a hot mess these last couple of weeks. Specifically, Armand Rizzo, who this week decided to tweet that he is the Colin Kaepernick of porn. Now, <laughs> that's problematic for various reasons. Top of being like, you are not fighting racial inequality. You as a Latinx, Latinx man has also said very problematic things when it comes to racism in the gay porn industry. Um, some of them being the fact that you complained about the fact that black tops were getting paid more in the studio even though they were being fetishized, but you were fully there. And then when people called out racism, you were like, I slept with a lot of black guys and we all looked at you very sideways. Sis, please, for the love of God, shut up. Don't comment. This is not your time. It's not your moment. You are not Lacanja Stranger. Shush. All of you. Just all of you, shush. Like when... Just, it's been... I've been annoyed because y'all make the rest of us look bad. And it's not even about your career. Because we believe here in this house that sex work is work um we live for the porn gays boomer um the ones that speak out about racism in the porn industry because white supremacy and racism is pervasive everywhere but the rest of you hoes especially the white gays i'm speaking to you specifically now shut up if you don't have anything nice to say about black lives matter shush shut up don't say anything Post your little Black Lives Matter post. Keep it moving. That's all we need from you. Beyond that, shush. If I have to see another Ben Masters going on about the fact that, oh, black people don't pitch at Pride. And when they pitch at Pride, I'll go to a little Black Lives Matter um, protest. Did you forget that black and brown queer people exist and are constantly at Pride fighting? That it was riots at Stonewall. It's the reason you, as a white gay, 
can do gay porn openly and be living your best life because of riots, because of black and brown, what? Trans women. So please, all of you hoes, just shut up. Just please, don't say anything anymore. We're now in like the third week of protest. We're tired. We don't want to deal with you. We're fighting white supremacy here. I know you want to add your voice to whatever. Because every time y'all have opened your mouth, it's been hot mess. Because then people call you out for your previous racism or previous anti-blackness. And we can't do that right now because we're fighting a bigger war right here. A bigger war right now. We don't have time to deal with this now. This bullshit too. So please, shut the fuck up. That's all I have to say. Um, told you <laughs> I just have to say men are trash um, fuck the patriarchy because it's exhausting just being within the system as a man who probably just who, who gets who probably like I benefit from the system so I like English was coming through there um, I benefit from the system and even still the system sucks and I also still have to pay the price for the system because I'm a brown queer man so that is also the thing we have to deal with so just fuck toxic masculinity fuck the patriarchy men are trash women and children don't need to go through the shit that men put them through but here we are in 2020, still dealing with the same bullshit that we shouldn't have to. So, that's my thoughts. And just, I want to add on to that. Cishet men do better, please. The, we can't feel like, it can't be our fight anymore. Like, y'all have to be the hoes fighting and arguing. Not just, and please keep your, I support, what, 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 to yourself. Go sort it out in your immediate community and your other cishet friends that are abusers. Disassociate from them, call them out because that's where the issue lies. That's all I have to say. Are you sure? Yes. Your turn, Norman? I have nothing else to say other than um, everyone stay safe. It's Rafati. I think today is evident that no one is safe in today's society. So, yeah. Anyway, night! <laughs> I'm Jamal D, D Jamal D and G on all platforms. Um, at the Lion Mothers across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Well, not really Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter. You can and that's mostly where I'm at. So you can find me there. Marvin Charles seventeen on Twitter and Marvin M Charles on Instagram. Okay, thank you guys. And that's, that's a wrap. Cool. <laughs>